All right, it's Capital City Podcast. I'm your host, Capital J, alongside my main man, DL Glass. And tonight, you know, we're going to talk to my man, Harakudi Asar, uh, a man who has seen the streets. Can you say the name again? Harakudi Asar. Ain't that right? I got it right. There it is. Harakudi Asar, that's right. You got it right. Harakudi Asar. Okay. Now, yeah, and, and you can you can say ice too, cause it, you know the streets know ice, so you can say ice as well. A lot of you know a lot of people still identify with ice nah, as yeah. well, so ain't nothing wrong with that as, at all. Yeah, AKA yeah, if, if if that if that's easier for you, right? AKA ice yeah. from the streets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to say ice, ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We take it there. Now, um, <laughs> why are we talking to this man? Well. He spent time as a hip hop artist, but he also knows the streets very well, and he's had his uh, his time with the legal system. <laughs> so, better believe it. Yep, and and I seen this dude uh, go from dealing with the legal system, putting his own mm-hmm. music out, and moving to Cali, and becoming more of an executive producer. Hmm. So he's worn many hats out here. And you know, we also talk. We talk um, several on several podcasts about the connection between the streets and this music. So mm-hmm. I like to talk to people who can uh, verify firsthand and, and tell their side of the story. And this man got a very good one. So first off, let's get a little bit of background. Who is Ice? Tell us a little bit about yeah. your story pre. Hip hop. Okay, okay. Um, pretty much. Um, I grew up in uh, Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. Single parent home. Pretty much um, product of my environment. Um, fell, fell in love with the, the killers and drug dealers. Uh, Built a reputation for fighting in the days before before gunplay. Um. I rather I rather let my city tell you, tell tell my story, uh, but uh, you know I will express it. Um, after the fighting days, I kind of graduated to the gunplay era, uh, robbing and and um, in 1993 I made it to the feds, uh, which pretty much changed my life. Um, um, I, I call it the, the federal university. I was I was extremely ignorant, you know. Um, um, pretty much a savage man, and um, and and still was a savage for a while, um, in the federal system. Um, but I was I was blessed um, to enter the feds because I probably would have been killed, or murdered. Uh, you know, a lot of people thought I was going to get killed in prison because I was wilding in prison too. You know, and how, had none changed. How long did you do? Um, I did six years. Yeah, I did six years. Best six years of my life. From what Best age? six years of my life. Um, I was twenty. Yeah, and I got came home when I like twenty six years old. Mm. Yes, sir. So and um Q, and and what what sent you to prison? Um actually um I shot I shot I shot a guy and a girl. Yeah, I shot him and his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And then they then we I got on a wreck. And flipped over my 1993 Eddie Bauer on uh, Newburn Avenue, Raleigh, North Carolina. Five o'clock traffic. Flipped over about five times, and uh, and uh, the feds, you know, got guns out my car and stuff like that. And if you was if you were if you was considered violent in them days, the feds was really picking you up. So they picked me up in a couple of months and indicted me. Okay, I mean, I ain't gonna act like my listeners probably don't want to know. Like, damn, bro, what happened? Yeah, they. I, yeah, is, is that is that as far as you want to go into that story? Or you care to elaborate for us? No, I'll elaborate on the story. What you want? You want to know everything that happened with that story? Well, it's, it's, okay. it's, it it sounds kind of interesting. You know? Okay, okay. <laughs> well, this, this is what happened then. I mean, um, at that time I was young and um, um, I was doing a lot of stick up and you know, rock and um, I, you know, I was young, Rob, and went, went and bought me an Eddie Bauer, 1993 Eddie Bauer. I was, you know, balling out of control. I felt like I just hit a, hit a nigga for about 22000 and And, uh, you know, not a lot of coke, too. 
And, what and you, um, you know, but this was night. This was nineteen ninety three. Yeah, this was ninety three too. Okay. Yeah, this was nineteen ninety three as well. Um, and um, what happened was, um, you know, you reap what you sow. Karma is real. So, what happened was a guy came out of out of nowhere. Um, uh, was one of my older homeboys and wanted to buy some dope. And um, you know, I sold him some dope and um, he got like an ounce of coke. And um, he came back like out of nowhere, like, you know, like that won't write, that won't write. Now this is after I'm robbing, I'm doing good, you know, um, you know, and he came back and, um, he said, I want my money back. I said, no, you can't get no money back homie. So, you know, and, um, he, um, he said, he just pulled out his gun and started shooting at me. He just started shooting at me, gunning at me. And I'm running, running, throwing niggas into him, diving in the woods and, you know, ran, ran, ran. And, um, Everybody thought I was shot. Uh, ran around the corner to one of my homeboys' house. Knocked on his door. He gave me a gun. I went back down the street. You know, the guy was gone. Okay, so like a month later, oh. uh, like a month later, I'm riding through. The, I'm riding through that same area with with, with um one of my partners, and uh, we really wasn't even supposed to have no guns in the car. But you know, they snuck guns in my car any motherfucking way. My homeboys, right? And um. Man, you know this is this is this is how you the devil work. Now I ran right up on this guy at the at the, um, the stoplight on Newburn Avenue, the stoplight on Newburn Avenue and Raleigh Boulevard in Raleigh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the guy, and, and I wasn't gonna do nothing to this guy when I seen him. Right? So I said, I said, ain't you the nigga that ain't you the nigga that shot at me? And and he he just happened to say, yeah, nigga, and what? You feeling me? So, so when he when he say that, he had to have you know I had to you know deal with him. Right. So I you know shot him and his girl. But you know I'm I'm not a hell of a driver to keep it real. So when I when I pulled when I pulled off in front of him, he pulled off back of me. And um, but I was smart to not go so fast. I was slow down. I probably wouldn't be here today. And he hit the back of my car, the back of my truck, and I flipped like four or five times. Hmm. And uh, you know, didn't get a scar on me. You know, saying so, all I can remember, we was listening to my partner said the same thing. My co-defendant, he's from Durham, uh, um, Stephen Sheedy. That's you know, um, the, the high-profile face Diddy um, uncle. Um, but um, all we could think about is I got my mind on my money and my money on my mind because we was loving Tupac in those days real bad, and that's all was in our head. And uh, we didn't get no scars or nothing. And at first. You know, everybody was on my side. It was like the whole city was on the strip that day. And nobody really kind of saw what went on, like the people that was out there. They didn't see the early on shooting and nothing like that, right? Right. And they just thought somebody hit my car and flipped over there. Everybody was on my side. But, you know, the police knew better than that. They started investigating and stuff and found a gun in the truck. And, okay. you know. You mentioned that. Pop, what drug was y'all on? Um, You said what What drug was we on? Yes. Um, We was we was, we was was on... Um. I think at that time we probably was on some of everything, really. You know, we might have been keeping it real. We might have been, you know, sniffing a little heroin, mm-hmm. heroin in that day, and and we probably was smoking woolies too. You know, we was we was out of control. <laughs> okay, you know, yeah, yeah. Not and not everybody, not because my my co-defendant he he didn't get high, you know, and mm-hmm. um and um you know, and I'm and I'm not a I'm not a uh, I wasn't a person that got crazy high but um right. you know i would i would just if it's there i would you know i'll get out you know smoking and, you know back then everybody was you know like like wu-tang say smoking woos at 16 like rock yeah, said and them yeah. and them areas niggas was smoking woolies and and yeah. you know and me durham north carolina i'm kind of grew up with over there too i was i was i was probably sniffing a, a, a little dope too which they call which is terrible you know okay yeah, right. but, yeah, but, yeah but not at not at the time of the shootout at all you know right Right. You know, but in that era, you know, we was, you know, niggas was getting high back then. Were you involved in in the hip hop game at all at this point? Nah, nah, nah. I, wa- I wasn't, you know, that was nowhere near on my mind, period. Yeah, nowhere near on my mind. Hip hop hip-hop kind of really um, came later when I was in the prison system, when I found knowledge of myself. You know, when I found knowledge of myself, it, it, it kind of changed my whole story, you know, and then I, I found hip hop in it. It gave me something to love. It gave me something to embrace, and it, it it made me not like you know. I sacrificed the, the streets. The streets was you know still still was you know um, you know would, would do what I had to do, but it it kind of gave me a, a purpose. Music gave me a purpose because I fell in love. 
Right. Yeah, I fell in love with I fell in love with music, you know, and I studied it a lot. Like knowledge itself gives you a blueprint to just master information, you know, and that's that's what I did. I learned and studied, and you know, some of the guys that's out here doing big things today in the music industry was like my my um, mentors, you know, you know, you know, gave me the game on labels, and you know, not only just been an artist, I was learning, you know, you know how to how to start your own label, you know, how to understand percentages, and you know, you know, uh, you know what what you're supposed to get as a producer, you know, artist, and you know, you know, you know, even at that time, the Master P game with the, you know, with the, you know, the barcode, and you know, you know, just accumulating numbers and stuff like that. Right. So being locked up, you found your love for hip hop as you learned to love yourself. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. When when I start, um, it's like it's like a you go through, you know, um, it was like tragedy brings forth transformation. So it's like once you get tired of like, damn, I, I remember I went to the hole and it was like blood on my hands. You know, I was always fighting. I broke my fingers and I was tired, man. I really was tired. And um, it's a guy. Uh, named Papito, I love him to death from the Virgin Islands. He loved me on the, you know, we were boys on the compound. And um, he introduced me to Knowledge Itself while I was in a hole. And I was and I was actually upset that he never introduced me to Knowledge Itself while while we were on the, um, on the compound. He was like, Ice, you weren't ready then. He was like, you know, you weren't ready. You was moving too fast. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't have got it then. And I, and I didn't want to hear nothing else because, you know, I, I was raised, you know, as a Christian and um, I was, you know, conditioned by, you know, what most of us be conditioned by um, at an early age, passed down to our mothers and fathers. So I didn't want to hear nothing else. And I, I never forget. I love to tell this story. It was a, a a couple of crip dudes that act like they had so much respect for me, right? Oh, ice this, ice that. I'm they boy and everything. They sent it. They heard me over there arguing with Papito because I was, you know, denying the knowledge. A lot of times when you're ignorant, you're denying when people are trying to empower you. You know, you're not open-minded because you, your your vision is limited. So what happened was they sent a letter over to him and said, don't give him the knowledge. You're like, he's going to step on it. And then he told me, he said, um, he said, see, look, I, he showed me the letter. He said, those niggas know you a real nigga. He said, they know if a nigga like you get the knowledge, you gonna do something with it. He said, so they don't want you to have it. And that's when I, you know, I accepted it. That's when I knew, I started crying. I said, cause I knew if these guys didn't want me to have this knowledge, it must be something important here. And that's when I opened up and that kind of was my start of knowledge itself. And, and I continued to travel historically and spiritually ever since, you know? Right on. Yes, sir. So that's 93. You spent six years in. Mm-hmm. Come out is 99. Yeah, I come home in, in 99. Yes, sir. I come home in January 1st, 1999. Yep. So so what's the first thing you do when you come home? Actually, you know, you you you, met, you, you, you um I party I partied a little bit probably with um my homeboys and uh you know, I, um you know, everybody now I'm rapping and you know, I got all these great, you know, big ideas. I'm trying to, you know, get all my boys together. At that time I think I just just I think I probably went in the studio and rapped over a whole lot of other people's beats just to hear our sound. And then I took those I took those songs to the street, you know, it's, it's, and all those CDs right now, niggas love it. I got niggas still to this day, man. A lot of my old stuff, people were like, yo, man, that, that was some of the best music I ever heard. You know, like like Ice Brink, so where that, where's that old shit you had back? This was more the radio niggas and connecting with all those guys, you know, over the years. This was just straight up. The gutter and um, and um, this is what you wrote while you was inside or when you got out. Oh yeah, I wrote yeah no um inside it yeah inside yeah I wrote so much music on it. I still got you know a whole lot of you know different you know different levels of of, of music all over like um typed up and and you know boxes and boxes that I wrote while I was in prison. But yeah, so I put you- that. Music- Lawyer. How, how how did you find not being interested in music at all? I know you said through your knowledge yourself, but like um like the writer dope rhyme is not something that's easy. Like how did you find that space that you um went from not doing that to doing it, and then especially because of the level that you reached? It actually, but you know, and I, and it's another I study nature, but that's another story. So I'm a, I'm a five and a seven in numerology. So usually a lot of sevens are creative. So I'm naturally creative, but I, when you don't know yourself, you don't know your capabilities at the end of the day. So writing is really actually 
easy for me. And then, and then when you got a story, because I've been through so much that, that, you know, that, you know, I don't, I don't done so much sit in the street that right. I had a whole lot to write about. Yeah. And, and then when I become conscious and evolving, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I brought that aspect out of me too, because, you know, it's just a process of learning. And, and, and the more you educate yourself, you know, the, the better um, you get uh, with your skills. But it, 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 it was a gift, actually. So it ain't, it ain't hard. It was never hard for me, musically-wise. Once I, once I tuned in, you know, once I realized, and, I, and ra- actually, I used to I used to write hip-hop when I was a kid. Like, everybody knew me as I used to, I used to play rap, but I never took it seriously. You know what I'm saying? But I was always known, like, everybody that know me from Riley, Durham was mainly Riley. From a kid, they know Ice used to rap a lot. Like, just, you know, but but I was playing. I wasn't serious. I didn't take it serious. Right. I didn't know. And then I, then I actually thought rapping was some sucker shit when, as I got older because I took this gangster image on. But when I when I got to prison, I, you, know, you know, you know, God will reveal you to your gifts. And that's what happened. And you are... Uh... You know, you were talking about how when you came out and you you spitting stuff over other people's beats, and the streets were loving it, right? Yeah, that was the first thing I did. Then I then I went and got you know dudes with production, you know, and stuff like that. But you know, when you come home, you just want to hear hear yourself. You know, you've been in prison all this time rapping, so you just go get some some you know known instrumentals and rap over them. So, but but later on, I started getting producers from all over Raleigh, Durham, and you know. Some of us guys are still around each other today. You know, we, we share a bond. Right. You know? But you know, I want I want I wanna throw this in there. You know, I've been in the game a minute and dealing with all kind of MCs and what I found is, you know, I I done put a whole lot of different mixtapes out and this and that. And one of the most popular things that I ever been a part of and I never seen a bigger, um, like a bigger buzz on anything, other than this time I was I was dealing with this cat named Newt G in Greensboro, okay. and he was okay. waiting for his court date to come up over a shooting. And during that time mm. period, he would come to the crib, and we would record all day, and we did enough music like a whole entire tape, and. Out of all the the talented MCs I've ever worked with, that music that we did was probably the most distru- had the strongest reception in the streets. Like people absolutely loved what we did. Incredible! And, Incredible! I, I and like I, to hear that. Too. Yeah, I, I like never, so I never seen like I dealt with a lot of people. I never, I never had anything in my hand before that I felt like, holy, this is. Like, I honestly got to think, like, unfortunately, when his court date came up, he went to jail. Wow. And now we sitting here with this music that we made. The streets are loving it. And I've been putting stuff out in the streets for a long time. Right. But this dude, the realness that was in, I think it's something about being real mm-hmm. that people connect with differently than anything else yeah. I've been a part of. And yeah. that tape that we made was... I like and and at some point I don't know what happened to it. I don't have it anymore. But that period of time, like when we finished that, I like you say I had people still coming to me for years after. Like yo man, years later, yeah, when it's real, if I could get a copy of that right now. And when I look back on it, like it's almost like we had some Master P energy going on before Master P happened. This was the summer of ninety five, maybe maybe ninety four, ninety five. Okay. And and dude got locked up, and I feel like had he been able to stay in the streets, man, we'd be telling a whole different story right now. Right, yes, you know what I'm yes, saying? Sir. So so I seen yes, I seen the power of what happened when a real when a dude who really got sto- street stories, street credibility, mm-hmm. and street support. Yeah, it's in the booth. Yeah. Like, yeah. dude, support that and. And you know it ain't even all about being the most lyrical guy in the world. It's just yeah. being the realest yeah. dude on the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. that, people, yeah. Connect to, to that, to, people connect to that authenticity and that spirit. You know, yeah. You can't deny it. it's undeniable. Yeah. So I seen that before. So when mm-hmm. you said that, I I know what you're talking about, and I can imagine yeah. that people were just yeah. like, "Yo, I gotta have yeah. this because mm-hmm. you know this this is rare. Everybody, you know, mm-hmm. you don't get that, especially mm-hmm. home yeah. cooked." You know yeah. what I'm saying? And then when it when it's that real, and then people know your story sometimes as well, 
you know, they, they digest it probably even more, you know, because they know it's like, this is not a lie. This is real. You know, I, I saw this, so I heard about this. So, Remind me of my first movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is it, was it the first movie? Yes. The hood okay, that's heat. what's up. What's the name of that? The Hood Classic Heat. The, the Hood Classic Heat? Heat. Like gun okay. heat. Hot. Okay, like heat. Okay, okay. So something you wrote? Yes. Okay, dope, dope. I, mean, I need, a, need to get a, try to get a copy of that. You know, check that out, you know? It's like a unicorn yeah. in the streets. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. So, so now you're taking this stuff to the studio. So what what happened next after you start recording in the studio? Like since uh, I watch you, I watch you growing this thing, and I know that 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 I want I want our show to be informative too and teach okay, people how to right. move yeah. from one step to the next. So yes, sir. yeah, so tell me, tell me where to take you next. You go in the studio. Yeah, it's, 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 wild, it's wild stories, you know. Like, like you know, DBS and you know, you know the radio guys. You know, DB's a very iconic guy, very popular guy in the city. You know, and we all know each other from school. You know, we all went to low high school together and stuff like that. Word. So it's like when I got out, you know, I'm, you know, I'm known to be a terrorist. So everybody looking at me like ice rapping. <laughs> is ice rapping, but but what I did is like you know I didn't only just go hard in my city. I tried to early on go to go to L.A. I just said I'm you know I'm going out to L.A. I actually met Mo Prince Shakur, which is Tupac's brother, and uh, we we he had a cousin in North Carolina and they introduced me to him. So I went out there with him and uh, Big Country. All the, I went out with like with all Tupac boys, his own boys, like Big Country, my nigga uh, from Arkansas, but he live in L.A. And, um, you know, they was doing, you know, they was grinding. They was doing big things at the time. Big Psych, you know, Psych, Tupac, boy, all of us. I'd be in the house hanging out with all those guys, you know, rest in peace to Psych as well. Um, so, so, so I started doing a little, um, we were doing boy, do, rapping with them, going to the Century Club. This is way back. And um, uh, we got on Big Boy Show, actually. Me and one of my homeboys, another guy named Catfish, rest in peace, he's dead now, too. Um, we got on the show on Big Boy Show. We went to Big Boy Talk to him. I still got pictures of all that. He said, man, way back. Uh, big boy, that's when he was big. Big as a close, four, five hundred pounds. And, shit. <laughs> right. and uh, we, we got on, you know, you know, Mo Prini, at the time it was Puffy. Puffy was, um, you know, they was having an issue with, um, they were having an issue with, 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 uh, with about the park stuff. Like, oh, you know, they was, you know, had little C's on the radio. So it was big in LA and it was, you know, they wanted Mo to come on there and talk about, you know, the, the, about the beef with Puffy and Biggie and Pac. They was, this was still going on, you know, 99, 2000. They, they asked Mo to come on the show. So I got an opportunity to go on the show with him and be on the radio live and go to L.A. because that was my nigga. You know what I'm saying? And then later on, they, they called us back and we got on the, um, we got on the Goodfellas show. Goodfellas, you remember Goodfellas? They was up there. I think that's their names. Um, like some cats, I think they were out of Missouri, but they was on the radio show in L.A. at the time. So, you know, we did that show. Um, I was able to express myself. Um, so when I came home from back to Raleigh, you know, niggas had to be like, what's your, what you, you know, they had to, they had to show me some respect. They had to show me a little love, you know, like, okay, he ain't just a street. They ain't thinking this is for real. So right. me and DV started, me and DV started kind of like going around a little bit at that time. It hadn't got serious yet. You know, we started um, connecting. And then one day, this is what really happened. This is how I, I broke into my city with the radio and everything. I thought to myself, I say, I terrorized this city for years, right? You know, I, you know, I said, so, you know, I was hearing that the radio is how you make it. So I was like, well, you know, and I was hearing that the radio didn't give people opportunities and stuff like that. So I said, you know what? I got to go holler at them, you know, so, so I got, I got I took two of my, you know, goons with me and uh, we went up to the radio station. You feel me? So I knocked on the door. So, so, so I got the, I got to actually arguing with the guy at the door, you know, it was the older guy at the door and we got to argue. I didn't know who he was. He didn't know who I was. And we was arguing, arguing. It was getting ugly. And DV said, no, Ice, this is, this is the program director. Ice, you can't do that, Ice. You can't do that. <laughs> and Cy Young, and we're real good friends now. You know, I haven't called him in a while, but we're real good friends now. He said, hold up. He just said, hold up. You know, he said, hold up. I feel something. He said, I feel something. He said, man, let me ask you something. He said, come to my office, man. I want you to come to my office. So I went to his office. And he said, oh, man, you know, he want me to tell my story. And I told him my story. I said, look, man, I've been out here in the streets all my life, man, in these streets, you know, wild and just out of control. I said, now I got something to bring to 
my people, my community. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I got all, I, I feel like I got something to, to bring, you know what I'm saying? Um, to do something good. And um, he said, he said, let me hear the music. He said, let me hear the music. So I let him hear the music. I had a song called The Black Superhero. And, um, you know, he, and I, I guess he liked it because the next week later, I was in rotation on the radio station in 97.5. So that, like, that's when, you know, I, you know, a lot of people took me a whole lot more serious. The, uh, the, the You know, the, the streets took the music still serious. And um, that, like, kind of opened a lot of, a lot of um, you know, doors for me for starting to learn and educate, you know, learning. You know the the media based media media based BDS game, and I started just connecting the dots. You know, networking. You know, you know. Um, you heard the record, Cap J. Remember, I had the Thug Angel record, and I met you like that. You 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 like you wanted to know. You know who who is these guys? It's dope. So I met you like that. You know what I'm saying with the Thug Angel record, and I went over there and met you. When I think DB told me, yo, yeah. he liked the record. He want to play the record, and I went over there and met you. And you know, and I mean, look at us now. We on podcast twenty fucking years later. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah DB. Yes, yeah, turn me on. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He told me he told me all about you. And I said, yeah. yo, we're gonna we're gonna introduce this to Greensboro too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so then during that time period, I remember those days used to come up and I saw I saw this man working. Mm-hmm. You know, so first of all, I respect that that I knew like I always had a requirement. If you're gonna bring me something, then like don't just bring me something, ask me to play it. And it ain't going. It ain't ready to do nothing with. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, mm-hmm. so when when Harry Cootie or my man Ice showed up, mm-hmm. I knew that if I play this song, that ain't just gonna be the end of it. Right. It's gonna come with mm-hmm. a package. He's gonna keep. He's gonna mm-hmm. keep promoting. Right. He's out here hustling. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I saw that firsthand. So you know, I, I had, you gotta respect that because I knew that. And also, you know, DV told me how the how the joint was going in Raleigh and stuff. So I'm like, yo, we all one state, you know. It ain't the Greensboro and Raleigh. We all together in this. So I'm like, yo, I'm gonna do what I can, try to get this thing popping because I see this dude out here working. And mm-hmm. you know, we started and we we've had a relationship ever since. So during somewhere during this time period, like, um, tell me what happened. To go from you on the mic here to you get going to L.A. and just leaving this area, going to L.A. and continuing your your story there, like because this yeah, is well, this is not something that happened overnight. No, 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 no. Like, see, like I told you early on, what happened is I, I was already coming out here to L.A. doing you know doing my thing on all types of different levels. I was already meeting people and networking and stuff like. And I knew that, you know, this is this is what I learned in the feds. Eventually, you know, if, 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 if all your demons are in your city, right? You know, so I thought the police know you, and you got a you got a you got a very serious reputation. You know, I was probably going to end up killing somebody. Somebody might end up killing me just based on my history. And and the police, man, I got kidnapped by the police. I got plenty of drama stories, man. They, my name was public enemy number one, so I know I had to leave eventually. So. Um, I caught a case again in 2006, 2008. My guy set me up and stuff, right? But they found him dead like seven days later. And, um, you know, they, you know, and I ain't had nothing to do with it. Just God bless me. You know, I was spiritually protected. I had um, a few other charges. and I beat one case. I went to trial on a case, and I eventually won it on appeal. So I always told God, I said, if I'm able to get out of this one, man, you know, uh, they won't never see me again around here any kind of way. I'm going to leave town. So when I got out, you know, get back to the streets. Um, and two, three months from then, I, I I just took off to L.A. Like, I told my girl I'm gone. She said, okay, go, and I, I'll be there. So I went out, came out to L.A., staying in Oklahoma, you know, um, um, hotels in Long Beach, and just grinding and networking, and, you know, you know, I knew how to move. And uh, I still had country. Country, my, I always went to his um, Denver Lane, probably, on Denver Lane, his, uh, blood area where he stayed. We, you know, we ain't on, on no game time, on no level, but he stayed in the blood um, hood, a dangerous blood hood. So I would go stay with him and hotels because I don't like heat like that. He kept his tooth off and hot in the house. So I would just go to hotels and, and um, you know, grind it out. And then, you know, and then my girl came out and, you know, we legitimized everything, you know, you know, and, you know, you know, we've been out here now um, 15 years since then. So right. that's, that's how, that's how I, I, that was my transition. Now, one thing, one thing I want you to explain to people is, you know, a lot of folks out here playing the game, and 
you were able to get out of some trouble. And a lot of people mm-hmm. get in trouble and can't get out. And I yeah. don't think people understand the cost of mm-hmm. getting out. What does it take to get out of a situation? I want you to explain this to people that are listening because, you know, I remember that time period too. And it wasn't easy. It's nah, not it's I'm not it's easy to get into trouble than it is to get out. Mm-hmm. And getting out costs. Right. Like how much yeah. money does it take? Now I'm not saying paying people off. I'm saying just even just lawyers and legal fees and all that. How much money does it take to be the case? I mean, it's it's like it's really like this here, right? Um and you know, it's that's a good that's a good question, right? But it's really like this. To me, money is one thing, but doing, you know, not being ignorant is our issue. Like a lot of our, a lot of our people are, are so ignorant pertaining to the law, is that that be the issue? Because you can pay your lawyer twenty thousand dollars, and in this system, this corrupt system, black or white lawyers, is is like they'll cross you, you know, and you and you will never recognize that you being crossed because you've done no research on the law. So you don't really know what's happening. So most people's problems believing in attorneys and um, um, assuming that they're going to do right by them. So me, myself, you know, I, I had eight lawyers, all right? I had my girl actually hired me eight lawyers. You know, she's right here right now. She can tell you the same thing. Every one of them, because they wanted me so bad, right? And, and you know, they tried to cross me, every one of them. And if I didn't, if I didn't have knowledge of self, and knowledge itself gives you the blueprint, the master information. I've, I studied information well. I learned a, a lot, even more when I was I was actually on safekeeping at CP, and um, a, a lot of guys helped me. A lot of guys empowered me with lotters because they saw I was a fighter. They saw I wanted to really, um, you know, um, learn the law. You know, I would man, it's a trip. I would be up at um, um, one o'clock in the morning. Everybody would be like, please, Ice, be quiet. You know, I'm around death row inmates and everything. Ice, you talk about law all the all the time because it was something that I fell in love with. Because I realized, you know, uh, this is this is how I'm going to defend myself. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the more the more I learn, the more I will see all the issues that they was on. Um, so so it ain't even really about your money. It's about information. It's about you doing the research so you can recognize what's going on. So you can you can defend yourself from your own attorney sometimes, and you can make them do what they're supposed to do when you're aware of it because you can expose them. Because when you go in the courtroom, you're fighting against. Your attorney, the district attorney, and the judge, and the jury. <laughs> so it's like, so if you don't do the research, how you gonna know what's going on? You feel I me? Mean? How you gonna know if somebody really jerking you? So, so, so then, you, and so you're gonna base everything on. I, I, I believe he's for me. I, you assume he's for you, and then you got ignorant, you know, uh, friends, mothers, fathers that don't know the law. And he, and they and they're, they're they're telling them well you need to tell your son to take this plea bargain or you know so right. it's like it's a lot of ignorance going on and you and end it, up it, paying it, for it, your own jail time paying the, paying the lawyer to send you to jail like right. that. ooh that's what that's exactly what happens and if you if you interviewed a lot of people I'm talking about professional educated people I'm talking about doctors uh, I'm talking about you know people that don't made millions of dollars legal I mean um corporate wise legitimate wise that don't got caught up in situations and they can tell you the same story like yo they was taken advantage of because they didn't know the law even the I, I, they'll take advantage of an 80 year old lady right I, I kind of despise you know, a lot of attorneys because they take advantage of uh, of people so much, and it's like a, it's a, it's, it's, it's like that's what they do. But if, but if we, if one of them got on this, if one of them got on this show today, uh, um, they would defend, you know, their brotherhood. But ninety eight percent of them, you know, what I'm saying that's what they do, you know, criminally and civil. You know, you know, they do the, they do the same thing because I've seen it on a civil level as well. You know, they take advantage of your lack of knowledge. So if you don't do your research, you know, because um, what, look, what happened to me was I ended, up, I ended up finding all my lawyers and I found some evidence against the district attorney that my attorney, should I even say his name? Attorney in Durham, I ain't going to even say his name. I ain't going to do them like that. It's a couple of them, too. But it's one of them would tell my evidence against me. You know what I'm saying? But God is so good. I, I lost the trial. I took all the paperwork and I looked I looked at the paperwork and I said, damn, here's the evidence right here. So when I went back to court for some other cases, I exposed the DA that was telling me, I'm going to take you out, I'm going to eliminate you. You know, God blessed me to have this evidence to expose him in the courtroom. So the, so the judge took my side. I think he saw I had this evidence. You know, he looked at them like, y'all letting this street guy 
you know, handle y'all in the courtroom like this here, y'all need to do something with this. So then after that, they got, they backed up off of me, you know? Right. They backed up off me. So, so and, and they let me pick my own judge. And my girls just said that, and they let you pick your own judge. Like, usually in North Carolina, the DA gets to pick the judge. The judge asked me, uh, 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 what judge you wanted? Because they was doing ugly stuff to me. They were like, like, like chain me up and all type of stuff to try to make it look like I was a bad guy. I wasn't even doing nothing, man. And I would, I would go off on the officers who would, who would to bring me to court like that. Cause I was like, yo, y'all out of order. You know, like to even do this. Here. He was like, man, that's what the DA told us to do. Try to make me look like I was a horrible, horrible, like I was right. a terrorist. Coming there like but, Hannibal but, Lecter. Yeah, real talk. But one of the, one of the guys I told him, never say nothing to me again. One of the, the um, the sheriff's downtown, but guess what he did? He went and told the judge, like, yo, that man ain't did nothing. They made us put him in all this stuff. They, you know, they told us that's what, that's how they want me to come down. And the judge saw that and like, um, and what's his name, baby? Judge who? He was the head judge at that time. He, he said, nah, we ain't going for that. And, um, and basically, let me pick my own judge. I picked the judge and they just, and I just, I man was laughing because he was telling the DA all of them, like, ha, 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 y'all can't have them all, you know? Like, basically let them know, like, y'all get a lot of us, but you can't have them all. And that young man there, you know, he, he, he hunted his business because, you know, he did his research. When you go in there with intelligence and you can articulate yourself and you're not afraid, you know, they, they, they don't even, they didn't even want, they don't want you in the courtroom because you're giving the other scared people strength and they don't want nobody empowering nobody, you know? So at the end of the day, I got myself out of my situation. Not no lawyer got me out, even though you need them, but you still need to have, do your own research. So, so now we in LA and mm. you told us, you know, you stay in the hotel, girl comes out, you're legitimizing things. What's the next step? When I, when I got to LA, it, it kind of jumped out kind of fast with the things I was doing because I already had my radio station behind me. So when they come to the BET, when they come out here with BET, it's like, okay, I saw your name. We don't live in no so You know, we all, me and my girl always in the flight. We always connected to you know, you know, you know, uh, the, the aspect of LA where things are popping at. So now, now I can be a resource for the music industry, like, like radio guy, radio personalities, and, um, um, let them do like parties at my house, like rooftop parties at my house. So, you know, we damn near, um, I was able to damn near, you know, basically connect with, with some of everybody, uh, um, pertaining to uh, like all the cities in, 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 in the country damn near was coming to these parties, you know, and, and we would, we would ball out, have fun. So I was able to build a tons and tons of, tons of relationship with it. And, and not only that, and even the things that I was doing out here, I was making a lot of noise where people was hearing about me even out here. Like, who is this North Carolina nigga? Ooh, I was, you know, I was running with like a hundred Mexicans at the time and they loved me. Like, and the people out here be like, yo, yo, Mexicans in, in Southern California don't fuck with blacks. So like, you better, you better check yourself. But they, but they, but I'm not from California. So I really didn't get it at that time. I was like, you know, they cool with me though. You know, I'm from North Carolina, you know? So they supported me heavy. And then, then they introduced me to like, you know, I started meeting the, 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 you know, all types of, you know, guys that were serious in the street guys, you know, um, Grape Street guys. And, you know, so what happened was um, this guy that was signed with Dr. Dre, um, Slim the Mobster, uh, one of my partners out here, he was, you know, he write a lot of Dre stuff. Like, I could name some of the stuff he don't wrote for Dre, that it would right. actually blow your mind, right? And um, we went out to a club one night. You know, he just met me. He was hearing about me and stuff like that. And they kind of like Carolina guys out here. We, we, they, they like our energy. You know what I'm saying? They like, you know, they like our style. We're, we're, we're a little different. Right. So, um, it, you know, his credit card, he couldn't pay for his drinks and stuff, right? So, uh, you know, I'm a giver, man. I always been a giver. I'm, you know, I love to help people and stuff. So I just pulled out my credit card and said, man, just, you know, get back at me, man. You know, just take care. It was like, I think a $1,500, $1,600 bill or something. Right. So he looked at his whole crew. It was like about 20 of us, right? You know, <laughs> and, you know, and he was like, I've been around all y'all niggas for years. He said, I don't even know this nigga. <laughs> and he just did this, did this for me. He was like, yo, I swear to God, the next day that nigga said, yo, I'm coming to pick you up. We're going to Dr. Dre house. I said, what? Yeah. He said, yeah, I want you to go to Dre. I want you to meet Dre, nigga. So he, he came in and picked me up. And, um, you know, there's a lot of stories with us out here. But he took me to Dre house. Um, I spent the night with Dr. Dre. We partied all night. You know, we, um, um, I don't know if you ever see the movie with, um, the, with Ice-T. And um, the documentary and stuff like that. When he was on, he was on Dr. Dre, the black, 
like it's like sitting on top of the fucking world and looking at back at everything. So mm-hmm. I set out at Dr. Dre house, got on the phone, called my father, like, man, I'm at Dr. Dre house. Right. So, you know, that was a, a hell of an experience from a nigga from that been through what I've been through, North Carolina nigga, uh, just coming out to LA grinding to, 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 to meet. To meet Dr. Dre, stay at his house, and then didn't, didn't, didn't leave till like 9 o'clock the next morning, 10 o'clock the next morning. And Chalk, I don't know if you know who Chalk is, but that's the one, uh, that's that's Slim Uncle, uh, legendary Chalk. Chalk is the one who uh, actually, the, the Shook Knight story where Shook supposed to hung, hung, uh, 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 um, ice. Um, ice over the rim and got his, got his, his um, publishing back. <laughs> um, um, that's Chalk who the one that actually, Wrote all that shit for Vanilla Ice and shit like that. So right. that's that's uncle. That's my nigga. Chalk done a lot of music for me too. Crazy producer. So um, Chalk told me like, Ice. yo man, where where did where did your financing come from for this trip? Well, for for the trip in L.A. Yeah. How, um, how did you um, able, I, were you able to sustain while you were out there too? Because you rubbing shoulders with some big names. Yeah, yeah, but but but. That wasn't just off money. That was off grinding and stuff. You know, just right. my, 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 I mean, I, I'm a, I grind, you know, I, you know, you know, I, you know, I handle my business. You know, I was, you know, I definitely, you know, you know, handling my business. Put it like that. I ain't, you know, we ain't gonna speak too far into that, but, okay. you know, uh, 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 but I definitely handled my business and I had a good woman, you know? Right. Yeah. And I had a good woman. None, none of our listeners to listen to your story and think that it's gonna be so easy when you gotta, Grind. That's what I wanted you to say. Yeah, uh-huh. You, you got to work for it. Yeah. You just ain't going to pop oh, out. Yeah. You, if you think you're just going to go out there with no <laughs> yeah. hustle in your heart, you're going to be yeah. homeless. Yeah. Remember this here. I had I was coming to L.A. when I first come home. So I kind of mm-hmm. knew the area. I kind of knew and met people. So it was like when I moved out here, I was ready because I had already connected with a lot of people. Like look, most people come out to L.A. and think they can live and they go home in six months. Three months, not, maybe not even that long. Right. But I did my homework before I came to LA. Okay. So I knew I was ready. When I came, I was ready. I already knew how to move. So now you got, you know, you, you created a, a network. You know, you, you hooked up with the right people. And now I remember around, this is before I start seeing the Harakuti 2.0. Yeah, so cool. all this is happening, but there's no videos yet, right? Mm, yeah, I, I think I did have videos when I first came out. I did the, I did, I did the Thug Angel video with um um uh, uh, Zena Foster. Uh, um, that's that's Tank's Tank, yeah, Tank wife. You know, R and B Tank, mm-hmm. R and B got Tank, his wife, and uh, a couple of her friends did the video with me. Thug Angel with a uh, with another artist named Sunny Bass. Uh, another guy that's rest in peace. He just died not too long ago. You know, Sunny Bass is dead. Yeah, Sonny Bass is dead. He died in a car accident about a year, about, about a year ago. Yeah. Dang, I'm sorry to hear that. I, you know, definitely, definitely. Um, sorry, to, sorry, what happened to the brother? But uh, he's, you know, he's he's in the right place now. He's he's with the creator, so he, he, you know, he's he's probably doing better than we are right now. You know. So I saw it. Yeah, I, that's that's the artist that you know the second. Like, you know, I consider the, the you know, your Raleigh music time, that's that's 1.0. That's one version 1.0. Version 2.0, Sonny Bass is a, a frequent collaborator that I remember mm-hmm. seeing you with a lot, you know? Right. So um, where where was he from? Was he somebody you met out there or somebody you? Yeah, he, act, no, no, he actually from Garner, North Carolina. Yeah, he's from Garner, North Carolina. Right. You know? And I'm, I met him down back home in the studio and, uh, you know, we built a relationship, and uh, I brought I brought him out to L.A. Took him to the BET Awards, uh, you know, in Atlanta one time, and uh, it was a talented brother. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I, I remember see, during that time period, I kind of saw you making that transition. It seemed like you were kind of preparing him to to be the next guy. Mm, yeah, to a to a yeah to a degree, you know, to a degree. But actually. Um, like 2012, the artist that I'm currently working with, one of the artists that I'm currently rocking with is, is G Mac, the band man, is who really that I locked in and signed. You know, like 2014, 2015. Yeah, that 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 era. That's when I started more grinding. More, I was getting older, so I started like you know on the on the label tip. You know, I had all these relationships with these radio guys. I hang all of my niggas from Greg Street, Atlanta to. Wild Wayne New Orleans, all these niggas is my boys. We hang out like me and you hang out. They when they call, when they call, when they come out here, I pick them up. You know? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. My girl, so I tell them about your sync placement. So that 
you know, I got sink placements too. I don't know if you know about the sink placements. Right, tell us I about that. A, I was able to, like I told you, I rolled with the Mexicans, right? And um, uh, one of the Mexicans, like, like love my music. Like he's like, yo, I just, he's like, my boy would come over to my house every day. Like yo, he love yo, shit. He's like yo, that's a gangster. So one time, um, a, a, a guy that was a uh, a company in Beverly Hill called uh, what's the name of your yeah, rag? I can't think of it, but it's rags. You know, what I'm saying recording artist, recording artist. Gill, yeah, recording artist Gill. They had um, they had a um, a setup for like with, with I guess line gigs or whatever. One of the head guys over there, we got cool too. Um, uh, they needed some music for a movie, you know. So a lot of guys were running over there trying to place their music. So my boy was like, "Yo, they want some gangster shit though." He said, and "I was like, man, this is a guy that y'all need to hear his music." So bam, you know, uh, they asked me to send some music. So I said, "Okay," you know, I, I went over there, signed up with recording artist Gill, dude named um, Byron. What is it, Byron Scott? Byron Booker, yeah, Byron Booker. And um, I gave him the music. I swear to God, they called me back like an hour later. It was like, yo, they love it. And they was like, yo, they want to give you, um, they want they, they don't want just one, they want two. Uh, and it's in the movies. It's in a movie called Fire with Fire with Bruce Willis and, and 50 Cent. And, uh, you know, Rosario Dawson and, you know, some other some other key actors is, that's pretty popular too as well. But, you know, yeah, that was that was one of my um, blessings, you know, from, from, from this experience. You know, over the years. Hey, that's what's up. Have you seen a check? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been getting checks for ten years. I'm about to get a big check next month because they they owe me some some retroactive. So yeah, they they real good. Yeah, yeah. I got I got a decent. I got a you know decent upfront and um every ninety days I get a check. I get two checks. I got two songs. You know. Yeah. You know, a few years back. I'm looking on, um, you know, all those hip-hop websites, media takeout and all these places, and I saw a case about you um, filing a lawsuit. Yeah, yeah, we can can go there. Yeah, we can go there. But remember, the first case, I don't know if you remember, it was against Irv Gotti. You know, the street, the start, the the, the CD I came out with in the streets when I came home was um, Blood in My Eyes. You know, if you remember... Um, ja Rue came out with a CD after 50 had destroyed him called Blood in My Eyes. Right. Um, Irv Gotti stole that from me. You know, I mean, you know, it's politics behind lawsuits and stuff like that. But um, Irv, Irv Gotti, actually, I gave him the CD. And my homeboy, Jamaican guy from New York, um, he told me, that he said, yo, them niggas was on it. He said, because he was, he was in the car. He didn't even tell him who I was. He just scared to cuss CD in. And he was like, yo, who that nigga? He, who was that nigga? You know, they woke, woke Irv up. And so then after that, they asked me to write some. Irv sent the word, and like, you know, tell him to write some commercial stuff. I sent some commercial stuff, but nothing never happened. You know, and that'll make a long story short. But they took, they stole the, they, they um, stole just the, the the concept, you know. You know, that, that that's pretty much all they, that Irv them stole. But um, later on, what you're talking about is um, the Kendrick Lamar issue and stuff. And um, that's, that's, that's a, um, that's another another thing. I'm not gonna get too far in it, but that's why um, doing your research and and and, um, and educating yourself about things are so important because some of the factors that went down. You know, what I'm saying um, I was working with um, a guy named by the name of Joey Lineberg and uh, Terrence Martin, and uh, and they and they and, and I've been working with I, yeah they they are um, actually Grammy Award producers on Kendrick Lamar. Um, what was it Pippa Butterfly? Yeah, Pippa Butterfly. So I've been working with Joey. Joey's my boy. You know, I've been working with Joey since I've been out here. That's like, I mean, 10, 12, 10 years at least, you know, comfortable with Joey, you know. And, you know, and and, and, and that's why you, you're still learning. You know, when, you, when you're when doing music, man, it's always a learning process because there's a lot of people that's aware of, of that you don't know certain things. You feel I me? Mean? And they, and they and they basically you know kind of take advantage of you and um uh, you know my song uh, that I had called the loyalty which is one of Kendrick Lamar's uh, biggest hits you know if you go back and do the research on that uh, Kendrick will tell you that you know um he 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 actually Terrence Martin actually brought him Lord and Terrence Martin act like he you know did this and did that and uh he said man I got a song for you and, he, and then he he jumped on it and you know uh Terrence Martin got credit you know like you know how you getting credit for that you know like how you getting writer credit you feel I me mean? so that that if you understand the politics and don't nobody got I know what the niggas did at the end of the day but like I said it's politics with everything and and um but they definitely 
stole it, all right? Yeah, yeah, they changed certain things up and stuff like that. I, you know, I had a direct access, you know, with those Grammy Award producers. And Joey's done a lot of producer production for me as well. Like, he's he's super talented. I don't mean, you know, RZA, Redman, uh, I just done a song with Carl Thomas. Me and Carl Thomas five in the studio. Everybody goes to his studio out here. A lot of guys, crazy guys. But they stole my dish. They got, a, they got away with it. But it, it is what it is, and you, you, you keep learning, you keep grinding, and you know, you know, God is so good, man. You know, you know, things are still happening. You know, uh, up uh, for my record label, which is Money Over Devil Records, things are still happening, man. I've, I've been blessed, you know, to tap into a, a, a whole lot lately, man. So you stay tuned, you know. So what's next? Hey, listen, man. I, I hopefully you got the email Stephanie sent you. Uh, I want y'all to play this, man. I need I need everybody to listen to this. Yeah, I got a I got an artist by the name of uh, Murder. Um, 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 just, you know, just got out of prison, been through a lot of struggles, but, um, you know, everybody I've heard him so far is like, you know, losing their mind. Like all the producers, some of the, some of the biggest producers around in, in, in Raleigh Durham are, are losing their mind. So it's a lot of buzz that's going on about this guy, you know, and I also got, you know, my very talented artist, um, G Mac, the band man as well, you know, but I have them on a record called, um, Pin to the Booth. And I, I think y'all need to hear that, man. He's so special. And he's a natural. You know, he's like what MO3 was bringing, but like times 10, all right? Like okay. times 10. He's sold for a while. Hey, man, we appreciate you telling us this story, man. Everybody listening, I want y'all, I hope y'all pay attention to everything to learn because it ain't, we just ain't here to just tell these stories for nothing. Like all of this is, a, is free information. Hmm. Yeah. That you can take, you know, you want to know how to do, well, we taught you a lot. We taught you how to st- how to get yourself out of trouble. Hmm. <laughs> taught you how to build yes, something from scratch. Yes, taught sir. you um, about, um, you know, uh, taking advantage of your own creativity. Yeah, um, building relationships. Building well. relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, all this yeah. stuff matters if you're going to get in the game. Yeah. And... Yeah. And I hope if you notice, ain't no selling out going on in here either. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Ain't, no, ain't none of that going on. Ain't nothing of that going on at all. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's why I say God is so good. Like it's, you know, I'll talk to you later, man. But God is good. Like it's like, you know, like if you work hard, man. Like like I, I, like Nipsey say, don't give up, man. And um, it's a marathon. Remember, man. But you know, if you continue, it's like you, it's like you seeking, you shall find. And, Eventually, you know, things fall in place, man. So, man, it's when I say it's on, yeah, it's on, man. Yeah. Oh, and another yeah. thing, you yeah. ain't hear this dude sitting around here talking about messing with a bunch of ratchet hoes either. Nah, nah, Is nah, it, nah, we, nah. Hey, no, nah, seriously, seriously. Yeah, like, yeah, if you yeah. want to sustain success, you're going to have to have, you know, a woman with some sense yeah. in your corner. <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah, I, got a, I, got a, I got a highly educated woman. Uh, spiritually motivated woman, man. It's like we got a spiritual connection, and you know that's what keeps us, you know, moving forward. At the end of the day, you know, we're we're tapped into the, you know, our ancestors' spiritual system, you know. So that's that's Hirakuri stands for the enforcer of the laws of nature, meaning bringing forth righteousness at all times. And the Saw stands for God, which is the oldest name of God left on the oldest monuments in the world, which are the pyramids, you know. Right on. Yeah. Right on. Hey, man, thank you for sharing all that with us today, man. We appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? Man, I appreciate you, Jeff. I love you, man, and and your partner as well. Much respect to you, and um, thanks to y'all for giving me uh, great energy, all right? Great energy. This is Capital City with Capital J.